comes with greater power. Thor had to prove his worthiness in order to regain his powers. Tony had to humbly accept his dad's post-mortem lesson in order to create an arc reactor more powerful than his last one. But as movies keep going, these characters keep undergoing new arcs and are gifted with greater and greater power. Both Thor and Tony were at record high power levels in the most recent Infinity War movie, and they're not alone. Spider-Man, Black Panther, Wanda, Ant-Man, almost every superhero has grown in power since they were first introduced. In video games, this phenomenon has been dubbed power creep, where in order to stay interesting, new characters or new abilities have to be marginally more powerful than all the previous ones in order to draw hype. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about power creep in the MCU, its possible implications, and uh, where it's going to go in the future. Hi guys, I'm Thomas. I'm Anthony. Hey everyone, I'm Sabrina. And this week is a little bit weird. We got the the substitute teachers in, and me, Anthony, and we're just going to be talking about a lot of different things. Izzy and Chris are super, super busy, and they couldn't record a podcast this week because they are very busy people. So we're going to be talking a lot about superpowers. Thomas, take it away. Yeah, so for this uh, slightly weird episode, I thought we'd get more into uh, what's going on in-universe in the MCU. Uh, one thing that I, I kept noticing was uh, sort of every every installment, these characters get more and more powerful, and I started to wonder, uh, when does that become a problem? Instead of becoming more cool, when does it make them sort of unrelatable or push the suspension of disbelief? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so normally on AP Marvel, we kind of cover, like, ethics and, and like, serious, like, real-world values and philosophy and psychological issues. But this time, we're kind of delving into how these characters interact with each other in-universe and what that really means. And having super-powered people has its, has its problems. Um, yeah, you know, we have Captain Marvel coming up, which is supposed <laughs> to be almost a... Apparently a godlike character. We have Vision, who literally has the power of an Infinity Stone. Um, And Scarlet Witch, who can bend reality to her whim. Yeah, Scarlet Witch, who takes down, like, Thanos' great death war machines all in a single push. (laughs) (laughs) Destroys Destroys an Infinity Stone on her own. Yeah, 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 yeah. So whatever's whatever's going on with that. And do you remember, like in in Age of Ultron, she, they were like, "Can you stop a train?" She's like, "I don't know, I don't know." No, just like an entire mountain of war machines. She just tosses it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and Captain, that's a good point about Captain Marvel. I mean, Kevin Feige said like she will be the most powerful character introduced to the MCU yet, like a character who can fly through the sun unharmed. Um, and I was thinking about that and I was like, what, why are we going that far? Like what, who's yeah. she going to fight? Yeah. Reasonably speaking, who is that person going to have a problem what are, with? What are her weaknesses? <laughs> and like, I mean, uh, there's probably a bunch of viewers, uh, listeners listening in and thinking like, oh, this is, this is the Superman problem. And yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of, that is what we're kind of breaking down is, is when will MCU reach that Superman problem point? And how will, will the MCU come to grips with that? Because currently we have we we've started off with Iron Man, where at the lowest of the low, he had to build a suit literally out of nothing, and then we we then come to a a android powered by one of the f- the fundamental crystals <laughs> of the universe. Uh, <laughs> and a it's like, singularity forged into crystal ingots. Yes, oh, yes, that, yes. <laughs> Which I think, if I'm interpreting that correctly, is a universe, right? Like he has the power of a a universe. Uh, his... yeah, what, yeah, probably. Like a universe that did not explode into a big bang. Yeah, so it's. I mean, it, it's sort of a question of like Thor at the end of Infinity War happened to go up against someone with all of the infinity stones and did major damage and blocked all of his blasts and whatever and i was just kind of like all right anyone besides thanos like where does thor go from here yeah like tony's suit used to be mechanical and now it just does anything he wants 
it when he do. thinks about it. Like, what was yeah. even going on there? And then, like, where does Tony go from there? Like, what's the next mark? So, yeah, yeah I mean, do you guys think this is a problem? Like, did you notice that in, in the movie? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely do notice it because um, I was just thinking about people, characters that are brought in when we are sort of at like a different level in terms of power, they kind of have to go through or like go back and stumble and do the same kind of growth that all the other characters have done. For example, like Ant-Man or Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, um, especially Stephen Strange, because in his movie, um, we don't get to spend much time with him failing and learning to come back because he has to get power quickly so that he can be brought into the future movies. So it's definitely an epic trend that is causing a little bit of um, a little bit of a hurry, and it makes the setup movies or the introductory movies for these individual characters a little bit a little bit quicker and a bit rushed. But I feel like it d- does give way for us to see a new dimension of the universe and how it can grow and how we can actually like learn to fathom the things that are possible in the universe. Yeah. yeah. Um- yeah, there's so like there's there's a lot that is very much untouched from the comics. Um there's I mean as we know there's going to be an internals movie which is literally like the ultimate beings of the universe uh culminated into like one film which I don't even know how that's going to even happen. Um but it's like how like the way that we need to that I think Kevin Feige needs to approach it is we got this big giant spectacle. How do we bring it back? How do we reel it back to a a bunch of human beings going into a movie theater and going to watch a movie about human beings? Mm-hmm. And and part of that is also that what makes superhero movies so cool is they they feel grounded and then something fantastic happens and it, it catches mm-hmm. you off guard a little bit. You go like you filled with wonder. When people have just been walking around on the street talking to each other and then someone lifts a car. Like, that is a mm-hmm. shocking one. In a Marvel movie, I don't feel like there's any shock at all when a character lifts a car. Like, that's just another thing. That's just right? another so thing, yeah. It, you lose the ability to create that cool feeling with something really simple. And you have to just keep outdoing yourself. And the question is, like, how do you bring it back? How do you draw it in? And I think... I... Uh, Sabrina, take it away. Uh, I think I think that you can bring it back by essentially just taking it back to the character themselves mm-hmm. and going back to the root of all of these problems. Like with Tony um, destroying all his suits, we found that there was some sort of like PTSD involved and that was very internal and he was having problems with Pepper and all of that. And even though like that storyline wasn't carried out, I think in the best way it could have been, in in the best way it could have been done, it still had opportunity to bring the story back to reality. So I think essentially in order to fix it, in order to bring it back to where it needs to be, they just need to bring it back to where it needs to be in terms of the literal and giving us more information about characters that we don't feel like we know well enough or giving us a little bit of time um, to set up other characters in between big cross epic crossover events and things like that and just getting back to basics and allowing us to see how these characters are when they're in their own individual realms and not just trying to throw cars and move time and handle really large things in one sitting. Yeah, and I think I think that's why they kind of they they kept the the original squad around for Infinity War because they wanted them to reach their max um their max power set and then once that happens kind of retire them in some capacity because the 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 leaders of the next generation of avengers are going to be you know black panther and spider-man which are definitely developing on their own and infinite in infinity war they didn't they were kind of stagnant power set wise so they didn't really like do like other than the iron of the iron spider which is its own separate beast which i don't even think it even touches like what what peter would actually be doing when it comes to mm-hmm. like what's going to happen in spider-man far from home um 
Yeah, I think that's the way to draw it back. You have your Guardians 3, and then you have, well, Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man 3, uh, Spider-Man 2 is being filmed currently, and that's going to come out immediately after Infinity War, and I think that's a great way to kind of dim it down and bring it back to a reality of not crazy over-the-top gods and super beings, mm-hmm. but, you know, simple, simple shit. <laughs> Which yeah. is weird th- to say because it's not really all that simple. I think that doing Spider-Man next is definitely the best option mm-hmm. because he is the most relatable and the most down-to-earth um, in that in that regard. So I feel like they're... I just, I just hope that after that movie, they don't try and take it all the way back to another extreme because then it kind of like loses that balance and we really need time in between those big those big movies to like breathe like this. Yeah. I I think a lot of really good points were right up there. And this idea of retiring heroes when they get to sort of their, their peak is I think maybe a strategy Marvel might go with. Um, And uh, sort of that ability to be like, yeah, like they're very powerful, but sometimes they die. Right. And then that reintroduces this sense of risk and this feeling of, of um, relatableness a little bit to the characters. Cause you know that they are in danger and are afraid and you can feel that fear. Um, Mm -hmm. And this sort of like the street level people, even if they're really strong, like we know Spider-Man sort of goes toe to toe with any of the strongest people, but um, he's also because he's solving sort of street level stuff and is worried about like normal human things like girls at school. Like he's, he's relatable. So in a sense, his, his power is irrelevant to whether people can relate to him because he's got a personality that people read into yeah mm-hmm. and so one of the things i noticed when we're coming into this episode is kind of talking about other superhero interpretations and so i mean thomas we've talked we, we mentioned video games and that's more of a not a in-game problem but more of a um we need to, like, developer issue, where the developers were like, hey, we want to make this character interesting, so we're going to make this character um, get into a giant wrecking ball and smash across the stage, hitting, like, 20, uh, like, the other, like, all six of the enemy team in one hit. And it's like, whoa, that's so cool! And it does, like, 90 damage! And it's like, it can kill people really quickly! Like, whoa, everyone do this! And then they'll all play that character, and then that character gets nerfed, like, a month in. Because that's just the way it goes. Yeah, yeah. And there is there is a metatextual element to this, right? Like, in order to sell movies, you have to have cool stuff. And it has to, like... There, there's this perception that it has to keep getting bigger and awesomer and cooler and stronger in order to um, keep building. Yeah. Um, and I, I genuinely don't know whether the people at Marvel are having this conversation where they're saying, like, hey, we need to stop making things bigger. Uh-huh. Um, I hope that they are. And Kevin Feige has said that they're they're going to stop doing sort of like end of the universe level threats after Infinity War. They'll probably do War another on. one year, like ten, another 10 years from now. Yeah. 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 But I think that makes, that makes, that would make sense because of just right. like how it works. Hey, every 10 years, end of the world scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one- model that I want to look at actually uh, and I was thinking about this in preparation for the episode is that uh, when you look at the Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. none of they grow and they change and they get like better as people none of them gain any new abilities or get yeah. stronger or mm-hmm. get like crazy new tech besides like an mp3 the, gro- <laughs> the growth that they have is yeah. familial it's, 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 internal. it's incredibly right. c- character driven their yeah. character growth is not related to what they are sort of capable of doing. Yeah. Um, which is, I think, kind of rare. And in a sense, the, the superhero genre tells this story a lot where when someone hey, like there's no such does thing as better. Genre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> superhero fiction has a tendency to like have those two be correlated. Yeah. But I think we when, have examples. When someone meets a struggle and then overcomes that struggle, they also gain superpowers. Yeah, and right. it's about both of the. It's a. It's like a metaphor for right. overcoming struggle, mm-hmm. and it's part of the hero's journey and all that good stuff. But it, I mean, I think it's been proven that you can have entertaining, character-driven stories without 
raising the this the stakes right in in mm-hmm. the physical world um, and i wonder if there's any plans to sort of start start doing that i i sure hope so <laughs> probably um <laughs> uh, i think that there's a you know they're they're gonna dial it down a lot mm-hmm. but um so one of the things i was thinking about was um how the dc universe works and it's one of the reasons why I've it always been away. turned off by the comics, not not just the movies that we've seen as of late, um, mm-hmm. is that the big the the person that you see on all the covers on on the main screen of everything is Superman, and I've always hated him as a character, not because of the the fact that it works perfectly with what we're talking about, but I've always. I never liked him as a character because I always thought he was too much. There was no, the only, oh, the only problem he has is kryptonite. It's like, no, that's like <sighs> kryptonite is just one little tiny thing. Like the, the only way that he kind of dies and faces adversity is limit him, limit his abilities in some capacity, which doesn't really make it better in any way. I don't know. Like Superman is, I it just, I don't like it. <laughs> and and a lot of I mean a lot of the the mainstay um DC characters are kind of like invincible in their own right. Like Flash can travel through time. Wonder Woman is basically Superman but a woman uh <laughs> and doesn't have heat vision and and has a lasso of truth. And has yeah, a lasso she's got of truth gear. <laughs> like honestly and then when you're, when you're looking at the movies, um, you can see that a lot where it's like, oh, in Justice League, as soon as Superman comes in, then everything's solved. It's Ugh. as soon as Superman enters that movie, you know that there is no more problem. Except what I will say about um, Superman in terms of Justice League, the cartoon, mm-hmm. um, they made him, they made his self-righteousness and all of his like, Every time I walk in the room, the problem is solved. They made that sort of like a very big problem because everyone would be like, no, we need to fix this this way. And he's like, well, I can just go and blast them. And it's like, no, that's going to cause a bunch more problems. And he's like, what are you talking about? It'll all be solved if I just do that. Whereas with the movies now, they're not allowing him to have a fatal flaw or like they're not allowing him to have his need to be the 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 catalyst or his need to be the solution an actual problem because when you do that you bring it back down to um hating him in a way that makes him less of an antagonist and more of just an anti-hero or like somebody who's which I think is what they try to do in BVS like make him seem like he's putting himself on a pedestal and acting like a god but that was just that, completely that was that was a facade. That was an in in universe facade of right. Like oh, he tries to seem righteous. It's like oh, that's why he tries to seem like he looks like he's righteous because like the camera mm-hmm. shots make him look like he's flying in to exactly like the way that the movie portrays him. Like in certain parts is bad, and that's what the movie's trying to tell you. It's like oh, he's bad, but then in other parts they're trying to show you that like no what we showed you earlier was wrong, Mm -hmm. which doesn't build upon what you were saying, which sucks. And there's another reason why I think that actually what they should have started with was probably a Batman movie and then Wonder Woman and then Aquaman. Mm. And I think the way Aquaman looks, it looks like he has his flaws. He's not super everything. And Mm -hmm. there's much more uniqueness in what's going on. Especially with how we've seen DCEU as of late, where all the trailers are darkness and despair. And this one is the only one that has, like, you know, bright colors of any and capacity. And good color balance. Good color. I agree. Good color balance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, it, yeah. I. So one thing that I also want to draw from the, the Justice League cartoon, which is the the best rendition of Superman I know of. Is it's not just his his flaws, right? Giving him flaws, one, is good in terms of personality. But also, like, the reason he was likable in that show was because of his personality. He had, like, folksy... Right. right, like, raised on a farm in Illinois. Like, he had the cultural, like, knowledge of that area. He had, like, 
you know, like Ma Kent always used to say, right? Like he, he had like just a little bit of like a, a human inside the big shell. Um, and it's it's interesting that they haven't tried to do that in the DCU, but I think it's what's saving Thor a little bit, right? Like the reason Ragnarok was so good was like he made mistakes and was very like brash and and yeah. I don't think he's like bumbling idiot, but like they they played it in a way that was kind of like that, but was yeah. kind of like levels of self righteousness and levels of like I think levels of ignorance. I think that was a uh, like I'm trying to like one of the things that I think we're, we'll we'll talk about this later. We're actually going to break down all the trilogy movies, so we'll go through <laughs> Iron Man in one episode. We'll go through Captain America in one episode, and then we'll go through Thor in one episode. And we'll that's some deep foreshadowing on the uh, future. Well, yeah, Marvel. Th- those are those are things we're going to try to get through in the in the coming months because there's a lot that goes into them and breaking them down and showing where the characters were and where they become is kind of is really important and interesting in my eyes. So, but yeah, Thor is. Do you think that approach will work for, for any amount of, of power? Like, do you think that there's a point at which like a personality does not salvage a character in terms of relatableness? I don't know. Captain Marvel. I don't know. I, like, I that's, suspect that's the only one. she's going to have a good personality. I, like, I, I, I it's it's going to be good. It's yeah. Regardless, we we know it's going to be good. I'm not. <laughs> uh, come on, come on. It's going to be good. It's going to be a good <laughs> movie. It's so. going to be a fun movie. I love Brie Larson. She's gonna, she's Brie, so Brie Larson's amazing. She's a great actress. She's going to fucking kick ass. Um, when it comes to this issue at hand, I don't know what the, what they're going to do because the way that Kevin Feige is portraying her, they're portraying her as. 10 times more what she is in the comics. And I right. think that could lead into the Superman problem that we've already talked about and how to peel that back is going to be interesting because Feige says like, Oh, she's going to be like the head of it. Like it's going to be her black Panther, Spider-Man, Ant-Man are going to be like, and Dr. Strange are going to be like the the squad. Yeah. Which I think is going to be cool. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. That's going to be fucking cool. But I think that's, Yeah. I think that's going to be interesting, and I th- I think in yeah. I think in order to get there though I want I want to see clashing personalities. Yeah, I want to see, and like more than more than Thor versus Peter Quill because that was more like just a dick measuring contest. I mean, like yeah. actual yeah. like personalities yeah. clashing, yeah. like and Civil th- War level difference of values and like exactly. how to go about yeah. doing stuff. And yeah, and I think mm-hmm. I think Civil War regardless of your opinions on it, I mean, we all really like it. I think it, and regardless of where the characters were and then went over the course of the film and previous films before that, it set up a precedent of like, okay, these characters are really involved in their ideals and their personalities. This is what's driving the plot, not their powers, not what's not, not the fact that they're freaking superheroes. It's their personalities. And that's what's crucial to this movie, and that's what that's what's going to carry it forward. I think, yeah, in my opinion, yeah, character character driven plots, character driven conflicts, uh, making sure that 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 human is well visible beneath the superpowers, even as they get more powerful. I think that that's key. Um, and then when you have something that's just plot wise out of hand, maybe retiring them or having them sort of step back. That that lends a, a level of vulnerability to it. Um, I I do want to transition slightly because the heroes aren't the only ones that mm-hmm. have this problem, right? Yeah. When you have heroes of increasing power level, in order to make a good plot, you also need villains of an increasing power level. So you're going up against bigger and badder bad guys. That's well. So. A little prelude into what we're going to talk about. I think that the next villain for the Doctor Strange movie is going to be ten times less powerful than Dormammu. Yeah. And I think it's going to be, I hope, they kind of do horror noir. Yeah. And make make it more of, like, um, this, uh, like, Lovecraftian. Because, like, I think the villain they were looking for is Nightmare. So kind of making him kind of like infest people's dreams and making it more of like personal and he has to be secretive about it and still like still using his wacky power set makes it 
like trying to outwit the the nightmare is yeah. i think something that will be really really cool moving forward because it it's not you know universe ending it's not planet mm-hmm. ending it's it's like brain ending like right you know it's like, like insanity and intelligence yeah. Yeah, and again, that's that's character driven, right? Fear, like con- like controlling fear, beating fear, is a a character conflict. Yeah, so like, um, um, we're we're I mean, like we have Thanos right now, and right. trying to go back on, on 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 making sure that the the villains that we see are not you know giant world ending villains. They have to be. They have to be, you know, you know, comparable, but they have to not be devastating. And I think that was that was a problem. I think for uh, Phase Two, where a lot of the villains were world-ending and weren't like personal stories, because um, you have you know Ultron and you have. Um, uh, what was it, Malekith, and um, what about Zemo? Yeah, no, that, that, well, that was phase. Well, that was phase three. Yeah. Okay. So there are exceptions, right, to this to this rule where mm. Zemo is not a super powerful guy. Um, we're sort of looking at uh, who else was I going to bring up? So actually, we've been talking about Doctor Marvel, or sorry, Captain Marvel, a lot. Um, and the the rumored villains, I think the confirmed villains, are the the scroll that are shape changers. So her thing is going to be, I can kill anyone, but I don't know who is bad and who is good, right? Mm. Um, so changing the way that villains operate instead of this big climactic power v power fight, having it be a little bit more like they challenge them, they you know play on their emotions. Um, doing that kind of stuff. And that does seem to be the direction things are going in. Right? I just... I, I The one thing that I do fear is kind of like Scarlet Witch, Vision, and Captain Marvel are all in a fight. And it's, it's we know what's going to happen. Like, that's... Mm. Like, because Vision's going to come back in some capacity. Um, whether or not they... they put an infinity stone in his head or all the infinity stones are gone in some capacity um is 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 to be seen but um they're powerful like powerful people and having them on screen in any capacity is just we know what i mean how the fight's gonna end up yeah but does that does that make it rewarding though because i was kind of thinking of infinity war as like the climax to this two-part situation and even though we've lost some of our favorite characters and it's like it hurt us a little bit and we were you know crying a little bit Mm -hmm. um doesn't getting them back in some way and like seeing them become victorious sort of make it a little bit worthwhile and even though it's it's fantastical and it's on that whole other stage and level it's still it still feels rewarding because we watch them suffer in order to get there yeah, and I think that's and and that's the important part. And you mentioned that it's it's the journey to get to that point. We need to see that that journey. And I think, you know, having like all the characters that we have now, say they all spread out and go on their own separate ways, they're at that high point. All of them. They're all they're all at this like Tony, um, Thor. They're all at this high point of what they could possibly do. I mean, you could. You can argue that they could go even higher, but like that's not the point. They, they're they're so powerful. They were defeated, and then they came back and won because that's what we're assuming. They come back and win in the end. Um, mm-hmm. There needs to be a cost that drives that 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 dampens that power, and then either removes that power entirely from the rest of the MCU or diminishes it in some capacity, so that we can move on and they have to get back up to some sort of status. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. Like, can you have uh, a character who, um, you know, previously got very, very strong still suffer in the next movie? I yeah. mean, if you look at Ragnarok, they took away his hammer and 
had this chip that zapped him to, in order to like make him suffer through the movie. So it was like this awesome moment when he got power back and all that kind of stuff. And, and Tony in Iron Man three loses the suit and has to go without it for a while. So it's awesome when the suit comes back on. Um, do you think we'll see, be seeing more of that? People like stripped of their powers for a portion of the movie so that we can kind of reset. I, I don't know. I think people are, I think fans are not going to like that. I think there needs to be, I, as we talked about, I think there needs to be more of a personal drive. The, 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 cause I like, cause one of the things you also talked about was, was the scrolls and Captain Marvel and like, Oh, she can't just kill everyone. It's like, that's also limiting her power. There's gotta be a way to not limit their power to not maximize their power. Hmm. And also come off with a more uh, come off with a uh, respectable film. When you say fans, do you mean fans of the movies or fans of the characters themselves? Because I feel like there's a large difference. Like people who just love to watch the movies are going to go and maybe be a little bit critical of the story and whatever, and just walk out of it being like, "Oh, I enjoyed that. I have a couple qualms, whatever." Whereas like people who are fans of the characters and fans of the comics are going to be a lot more critical because Probably they know what these characters are capable fans of. Fans of the comics in some capacity. I mean, we've already seen problems where like, I mean, not problems, but like they'll set up, this is what the character is in the MCU. Mm-hmm. And this is the, the, the limitation that they have in the MCU. And it's limitations in the sense that we know that they're limited, but not, they, they don't know that they're limited. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's like wherein the scroll situation, we know her power set because it's in the movie. We've seen what she can do in the movie. And then she's limited in the movie. So are are you saying that that's a good or a bad way? It's it's this? a bad way of handling it. Okay. I'm saying that's yeah, I'm saying that's yeah. that's not good because it's like, oh, we see all these cool powers and stuff, but like they aren't used at all. In the final fight. Yeah, it's kind of cool to have this moment at the end of the movie where, like, your hero and your hero alone, like, can defeat the bad guy. Whereas, if she's been building up, like, yeah, I have a really great punch, and then that doesn't turn out to be useful later on, right? Like, it it doesn't feel, even if she ends up winning, it feels like, well, what the hell was the first half of that movie for? Like, Yeah, and I think, um, so, like, going back to Spider-Man, what they did right was that the the new suit that he got didn't really change what he can do. Like if he had that suit in that final fight, it wouldn't have changed. If he was on the if 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 Peter was on the plane with the the Tony Stark suit, yeah, like the the one with Karen inside of it, right? Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Um, and if he was on that plane with her inside of it, I don't think it would have changed. I mean, it would have changed slightly because, like, oh, he's listening to Karen do, like, certain things, and it's like, oh, hit this or go there and stuff. It's like, oh, he figured that out on his own, um, which is fine. But, like, his specific powers of, you know, strength and web-slinging and climbing onto things wasn't affected. Whereas what you're talking about with the scrolls, it's like, oh, she can't just, you know, laser beam every single person in the room. That's limiting her powers. Right, right. Do you understand what I'm saying now? So maybe it's like, for maybe for the next movie, they'll be building Captain Marvel in a way that allows her to be a little bit more intellectually critical when going into a battle, I guess. I feel like that's what I'm pulling from this, is that yeah. instead of so, yeah. just like showing her different ways of using her powers or just being a little bit more conscientious of how she's doing that, because she, as you said, like can't just go around blasting everyone. It has to and be it, more, like, pragmatic. Yeah, and I think, you know, that brings up a really good point. That's kind of how they, they portray Doctor Strange. Yeah. Because where, it, like, a big power that he has is his wit. And, like, although he has this, you know, now he has this unlimited amount of, of you know, magic and, you know, you know, witchcraft and wizardry, he can't just, um, like, he'll, he'll go into a fight thinking about the next possible step. Mm. And that adds to what he can do. Yeah. And it adds to his maturity as well as a character. Exactly. And his, yeah. It adds mm-hmm. to his arc. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I I think a really consistent theme with Doctor Strange is that like at least in the movie and then part of Infinity War, he sort of has these magical items and these spells and each of them are like a tool that does one thing. And where like his power in a sense is he has access to all these tools and he has to decide very quickly like which one would be the best mm. and he beats Dormammu by, like, thinking of the time stone in a different way mm. than people would have thought, right? Like, yeah. being a little bit mm-hmm. creative with the tools he has at his disposal, which is which is cool and, like, a good trait to reward in a hero. Um, but he can't do everything, right? Yeah. He's not omni, omnipotent. Um, and Omnipotent. he has to be able to, to think about... He has to be able to think his way out of problems um, because he has really big problems going yeah. on. Um, and, and and as we mentioned earlier, and I think that's so important, is the, the level of how the personality interacts with the power set. Mm-hmm. Right. How they right. work together as one. Right. I think, well, what, I think there was a superhuman, a superhuman that, that worked like Santa Claus. <laughs> like in the movie Santa Claus, where like, you have to believe in the superpower, the, the superhuman, and then they have superpowers. Uh, Is there a movie like this? Or am I just only thinking so of the there, Santa Claus? There's a, a Doctor Strange animated movie, which is actually, I really like it. I think I like it more than the Doctor Strange movie movie. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, oh, come on. I have come to on. see Izzy's this. Izzy's not man. here. Izzy's not here so I can say it. But um, So a big part of it was sort of like, uh, his magic came from belief. Um, and like, so one of the earliest things he learned to do was like walk through a wall, um, by like, just like really believing that the wall wasn't there. And it wasn't until he could like completely distance himself from reality and be like, there is no wall and just walk through it. Um, and as you can imagine, there's a sort of a montage of him walking into a wall and falling backwards and being hurt, which is very enjoyable. But, um, like that, like kind of like you have to just have complete commitment personally um and like have faith like was sort of his arc in the movie and tied to his power set i don't know if that's what you're talking about anthony but like that's what i thought of to an an extent to an extent i think that's you know that's kind of the gist of what i was getting at um yeah but yeah like i i mean going back to kind of like superman stuff i've i've was doing a little bit of research and stuff and looking up different articles of like what makes certain characters memorable and one of the reasons why I like Doctor Strange is he has all these powers and he uses them in a unique way. It's not like what hopefully and by the way that we're we're seeing it is that Captain Marvel will not be boring. And that's a big problem with Superman. People see him as a very boring character. And trying to make the character not boring. Mhm. I think um a good foil for Superman um, or just like a general contrast or how to do him correctly would be Steve Rogers because, I mean, other than the fact that I'm like obviously in love with Cap, um, I, he's also just like really well balanced in that he has his morals and he has his grounding, but he isn't boring because the world, he, he's, he's struggling to grapple with the world that he's currently in. And if we saw if we saw more of that in the current Henry Cavill Clark Kent, we would be better off. Sort of like a callback to my point before, where we just want to see him being a little bit more relatable. In that, if she, if he's constantly going to be angry and constantly going to be doing whatever he wants to do, that has to be consistent. That has to be a consistent part of him. But right now, he's just consistently the problem solver. Whereas with Steve, like he could have a good idea to solve a problem, but he also has his own issues that continue to get in the way. Yeah, I think it's fairly, that's a, a good explanation. Uh, I mean, the, the thing is, Steve Rogers also like, I personally, like, I'm very excited when he is pursuing the right thing to do because it is a struggle because he is sort of just like a normal person, like hyped up, like the best normal person that could possibly be yeah um and uh, he's actually an interesting exception to this rule because i don't think he's gotten stronger per se Mm -hmm. over the course of series he's definitely like 
I think there was a big jump from First Avenger to Winter Soldier. But um, in a sense, he's remained very consistent um, and is still somewhat interesting. And I think people would watch a fourth Captain America movie if one was made. Yeah, I would. I think his strength comes from his intellect or his ability. Well, because, okay, so, so far we've only been talking, not only, but we've been pretty much mostly talking about power in terms of the physical sense. But the thing that keeps movies and films interesting from the screenwriting perspective is always creating stakes and always giving an opportunity for a character to overcome something. And for Steve, most of it wasn't him adjusting to his power. Like we got that in maybe like the first act of his first film. And then ever since then, it's been... Steve, how can you overcome um, a certain spat in your team relationship or your relationship with Bucky or whatever? Like, how can you overcome those things? And so in a way, he's the most human in the entire MCU as we know it. And I think that's what makes, that's what made Infinity War interesting from Steve's perspective. Because it was like, who's this like, muscle muscle guy just like trying to grab Thanos's hand and like push him away but it was more like the fact that he was like no I'm on a team now and I'm joining forces and this is what I'm doing and I'm sacrificing myself for the love of the country and for the love of the world and that was sort of the growth that he had to get get to and it was it was um pretty rewarding for us to see him get there yeah well said um so I, I do have to go soon, so we might not be able to spend that much time on this last point, but I do want to talk about the introduction of new characters to the universe. Um, and I was thinking about this in terms of, of Civil War, right? It sort of brought Black Panther and Spider-Man into the universe, um, but they were brought into a conflict with other superheroes, so they had to, like, like represent their team and be on par so we sort of got introduced to them already um powered and way sort of like on the higher end of things so like they were kicking ass in the civil war thing um and it made me think about sort of if the the heroes are getting stronger introducing new heroes um does it does it limit who can be brought in and like what ways you can do that introduction to have everyone already be so strong um, does it force them to sort of play on that level? I, th- I, I think that there's there's ways in which all the characters can kind of become involved. Um, I'm just trying to kind of go through some example characters that I've thought of. Um, like Nova, like not do adult Nova, do kid Nova. Um, where there's a kid going to space and you see the kid in space. So instead of Peter Quill as like an adult, you see him as a kid and he has superpowers yeah. and seeing that. Um, I think that the TV show, applying the TV show ideas and then making them into movies would be interesting. Like how you have teenagers getting superpowers and then interact like different powers and then kids with different powers in different social circles, interacting with each other in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And I think that adds another layer to it. Um, because, I mean, you can also then take into, you can do kind of like what the comics do. You have all these superheroes kind of existing and all the civilians are kind of just like, well, these guys exist. And you have different celebrity statuses to each different superhero. So you have like your speedballs who are just like reality TV show characters. And it's like you make heroes or you make anti-heroes more popular. Like you, like you make them like, so you can either make them celebrity status or something like that. And that adds another element onto the, the characters that we've already seen. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you understand what I'm getting at? Thomas yeah. is rubbing his chin. I, I am rubbing my chin. I'm, I'm having trouble following, but uh, if, I, if I get what you're saying correctly is um, you sort of like can introduce new characters that um, 
might be sort of like they they have their powers like whatever but they're either not necessarily interacting with a bunch of the current heroes in the same way or they've got their own issues going on which sort of like kind creates of, a unique dynamic kind of both um kind of like oh those guys i don't i don't hang out with them at some capacity um oh. like you know that they exist and you'll interact with them in some way but like the, like they're not the focus they're not like like making like doing daredevil in like a movie form whereas like it is street level rarely interacts with the other superheroes mm-hmm. but knows they exist and acknowledges them in a more deeper more deep way that's that's one that's one idea i mean there's there's probably countless yeah. ideas that 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 can impossibly exist but i mean we're just we're just three lowly kids I mean, we're not kids, we're 20-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but. I mean, I'm just thinking, like, it. you would never, let's say that it, they wanted to make Daredevil, like, part of the MCU and, like, actually yeah. have, like, a movie for him. Like, he wouldn't, he could never really team up with any of the Avengers, Mm-mm. right? Like, he's not gonna, that they are not fighting on the same playing field. So you're like, saying he is goes there a way to make Iron Monger it... with his sticks? Like it's not going to. So is there a way to happen? So you're asking, is there a way to make them fight on the same battlefield? Um, yeah, I guess what I'm saying is, but not introduce so them now, on like, a battlefield. Can you introduce like just people who have skills? Like imagine another character on the same level as Hawkeye being brought in now. Like it just it seems silly to introduce that. Yeah. Into this universe. Yeah. Um, and I think that you could you could make those movies. It's just hard to tie it in, and that's what they want to do. Is they want to tie everything together. They want people showing up to help each other. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to have. Uh, I'm not familiar with the comics, so I don't know what another like no powered superhero would be. Um, but it's hard to have someone who's like a good at tracking animals. You know. There, there is. Whereas, but I want to see those people. I want to see those weird, slightly different humans well, that are out well, there. Well, that's... I mean, now you're just talking about the X-Men. I, I guess so. That's also that's also a fact. There are some X-Men that are, you know, they have spikes and that's their thing. And, like, they, they should deserve a place in all of <laughs> yeah. this. But it's hard when everything, like, ramps up like that. Like, what is that person going to do? They're, they're kind of a laughingstock in any crossover scenario. I think, so. I think having... I mean, we talked about, like, the Fantastic Four has this wild power set, and we talked about different ways in which the Fantastic Four can be introduced, and and I've mentioned, you know, making it so that they're already old, and they already have a family. And what does it mean to be, like, old and and have a family, but have superpowers? And then, like, kind of like the Incredibles, but not like the Incredibles. Mm -hmm. And then you have... Yeah, because the husband is stretchy this time. Yeah, the husband's stretchy this time. And the mom is Violet. Yes. Essentially. Essentially. And and now Dash is the fiery one instead of the baby. And it, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Flamon. Um, yeah, I, I think X-Men could add another layer to it. In a way that we have it. I mean, like, it probably has been touched upon in other movies, but it hasn't been touched upon in the MCU. And how the MCU's universe will grasp with that will be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, there, you know, there, there are no answers here. This is a speculative episode. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I just hope that these questions are something that they're they're thinking about going down the line, you know. As we get more Captain Marvels and Almighty Thors and stuff like that, you know, does it create this divide, one, between your audience and your characters, and two, um, between your existing characters and the ones that you, you could put in in the future, yeah. right? Might limit creative freedom. Um, that's a, that's something close to a, a summary of what yeah, we talked think, about today. I think the way that, one of the ways to do it is, I mean, another big way is just to have Feige kind of strong arm it and be like, yeah, in, in, in MCU, this character doesn't have this. This, this character doesn't have this power. Could be. Just do it like that. Do you that. think that this is sort of like a, a, an oddball question, but we talked earlier about just like, like 
reeling it back and like stepping it down to like be like more more street level, more more chill, more relatable. Do you think if Marvel came out with a movie that was like like Ant Man and the Wasp, but they couldn't shrink as small or grow as big for some plot related reason, like do you think people would want to watch that movie? Even if they did everything else right, like do you think stepping down the power level sort of like by force would go over well? I, I kinda think that they might depends have good reason to fear that. Yeah. Depends. I think it also I think it also depends because when you said that, I was immediately thinking of if they brought in, if they did a um, Winter Soldier-esque film next, would it be well-received? And it's kind of hard for me to fathom that unless there was a certain... It's got to be a buddy cop movie with Falcon. Yeah, it's got to exactly. be a buddy cop movie, and they got to you know go undercover and shit, and it's got to be really <laughs> funny. And I, I've been talking about this with people. It's got to be directed by Shane Black. It's got to be... Just like the other, it's or Edgar the, Wright, oh my God. or Edgar or Wright, Edgar yes. Wright. But I don't know if Edgar Wright is is down to clown with the MCU. Oh come on! Or like a straight up road trip movie through like Central America, like in Logan. Just, just something to yeah, something Another wild, something wacky, breath of fresh air. Right, that'd be dope. Something wild, yeah, wacky, not space. Just, I think that they should have like high budget one shots where Captain America just like get stopped by a passerby and they're like having problems with their like like he like has to like push a car to to let someone out or mm. like rescue a cat from a tree by like kind of just like leaning the tree over like it's <laughs> he's strong but he's not he's just doing small helpful stuff and then you know when he goes and like holds off like this giant alien hand like we can be like whoa but like we've got this like filler content <laughs> I think the one shot I think one shots would make it better but you can't do it anymore no there's no I, way i don't think so there's no way you can do these one shots it would be super fun but there's fun, there's no but chance you, can't. you know patience indeed indeed all right thomas we've been going for about an hour you want me to close them out do you think do you think or do you want you want to keep is there anything you think we can squeeze out of this you know do it was this is very much like a I was curious in this topic, but this is a this is definitely I think one hour on power creep in the MCU is is sufficient. Yeah, for yeah. Viewers I, at there, home, there was a lot that we talked about, and you know, the implications of what it has, and kind of looking forward. And you know, I think, I think next year this time we'll have revisiting, revisiting episodes. Oh, uh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I think I think that will be something that will that me and the and Chris and Izzy will talk about about. <laughs> like we will have we'll have two more movies that will uh, since well three actually we'll have three more movies by this time next year um that will catastrophically for good or for for yeah. worse um change the landscape of the MCU and you know whether you like it or Absolutely. not film and how how what we've already talked about this summer like changing and how that changes moving forward. Um, so like this episode, our ethics episode, um, revisiting our hot take for infinity war and, you know, going back to that, our, you know, ethics, um, all that other stuff like that we've already talked about. And I think this will be definitely one of them, especially when it comes to captain Marvel and the new character, like where we see the, the new Avengers at the end of, the fourth movie, which still has no title yet. Right. Oh, so like an AP Marvel history. That's Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Go back through the adding anyway. to the theme. Adding to the theme. <laughs> you guys are good substitute teachers. Wow. Thank thanks. you. Thank you. What um, an honor. Oh it's oh it's shall I shall I shall I leave the people with a message? Uh let's do let's give our closing thoughts then uh, leave the people with a message and then we'll say goodbye. We'll do. Closing thoughts, Sabrina. Overall, I think that um, this trend is interesting and kind of problematic in the way that it could lead some audience members to become a little bit um, bored with the MCU or um, just tired of the same pattern um but who knows it could also turn out to become 
another iteration of um, the old Dragon Ball Z, as in the one <laughs> that has story and heart and passion and um, not just trying to ascend <laughs> to another level, like the current iteration. I love how this episode really covered every forms of, of <laughs> yeah. I, I mentioned Overwatch, DC, um, Lovecraft. We got Dragon Ball Z in this. This is a... Wow, what a yeah. wacky episode. <laughs> well, due to time, I cut out my, my soliloquy relating this to Shakespeare. But uh... <laughs> Oh, man. Wait, whoa, whoa. I'm gonna... All right, so I'm going to give my closing thoughts, and I want to hear then your closing thoughts include the Shakespeare part. Uh, I, I, did so not, I did not have a Shakespeare part. I, I want to hear it slightly. <laughs> this, is, this is a demand. Uh, <laughs> so I think that it kind of has a... Uh, that there is a problem, like just general, like it exists, and I think... Uh, if treated right, we'll be fine. Um, there's no, we're not like in like this point of no return thing. I think it still can go strong with what we have. It just all kind of depends on how Captain Marvel works, um, whether or not it happens in her movie or in future movies with her. Um, it just needs to be done well and balanced and in the end, bring it back, bring it back to where it belongs. Bring it back to that Iron Man, you know, in a cave. Thomas? Yeah, I, uh, so I, I think we started this episode in, in agreement that this sort of, uh, power creep was a problem. And we, we talked about some of the reasons why it could be a problem. Uh, one takeaway I had that I'm not sure that I conveyed was it sounded like we, we talked through a whole bunch of ways to, to handle it. I mean, from, new characters sort of getting to, to live on their own for a while and not partaking in the big fights to villains getting more interesting in the way that they challenge the hero, um, making sure everything's character-driven and stuff. I mean, it really sounds like if, if Marvel wanted to apply all of these strategies, they could keep going and ramping things up and sort of retiring people as they go along. So um, it, I wasn't expecting to come out of this with sort of like a maybe it's a problem, but... Um, uh, that's sort of where I'm standing now is, is they could, they could work around it. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it all reminds me of, uh, our, our, our Lord William Shakespeare, who, uh, who wrote, you know, his, his characters and he, he made a lot of plays, a lot of them. And in order to, to generate hype, you know, he, he ramped up the violence, he ramped up the, uh, the supernatural elements until, until we got Hamlet with like witches and prophecies and everyone murdering everybody. And, uh, we don't want to see Marvel go the way of Hamlet. You know, we really, we really don't. So that was, uh, that was improvised. I did not have a Shakespeare tie-in. That was a great wow. metaphor. Wow. Thank that you. Was, that Thank was you intense. very much. <laughs> we um, don't that, want to see the MCU a... go in the way of Hamlet. That, that was, that was <laughs> Chris something. is never letting me on another podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, that will be a thing. Oh God! All uh, right. So yeah, expect uh, expect to see Thomas and Sabrina on in the future. We'll like just in case me or Izzy or Chris um, get super busy because we have lives and other than this. And fortunately, we have good friends who are also super knowledgeable on this and are willing and to talk about these lives. things in public. And so they're gonna well, maybe maybe we, it will just be a subs only episode, and it will just be substitute <gasps> teachers talking about how how they could be more superior than the people who originated this. And I I think there's a genuinely great podcast episode to be made out of like the old heroes retire and the new heroes come in, and we substitute teachers sort of run that episode. And that just... would be yeah that you know. Uh, an episode about legacy, yeah, like that oh, would wow. be, like that. That would be kind of cool, but I want to like that would be way down the line. That's like the end of the school year after Avengers Four Season because finale. that because I mean because Avengers Four is going to talk about that definitely. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, I no I doubt. kind of I you know I I teased a couple of other episodes that we'll be thinking about and stuff. So uh, get hyped for those. Um. Uh, where can we find you two? Oh, Thomas! Thomas is uh, shaking his head. You cannot find <laughs> Thomas me. Thomas is a ghost. I mind. find you if Thomas. I want to. If I want anything from you, if you're listening out there, all 500 listeners, if I want anything, I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah, it's not uh, the case right if now. Uh, if you want to find more information about Thomas, just 
don't. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll see comments, and then then we'll be talking about it with him, and then we'll talk about it together, and then we'll respond to the comments with his. Do we responses. get comments sometimes? On this podcast? Yeah, sometimes we get some tweets. We get comments. We get messages. Oh, that's exciting! Send more of those. I would want. I would love this to be a, a highly interactive with with the audience type thing. If yeah. you're listening, comment. Yeah, this well, is we could do a Q and A episode. Uh, not for marketing. That purposes, won't be for a while. I want to. <laughs> that will not be friends. for a while. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I you know I tell people about this. Tell your friends about this podcast. It's fun. Uh, just a bunch of friends going in depth about Marvel, and that's kind of cool. Sabrina, where can we find you? Hey, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Um, on Twitter, I am at Sabs Clark. That's at S-A-B-S-C-L-A-R-K-E. And then on Instagram, I'm Sabrina.m4v, like the video file. Wow. Cool. And you can find me, Anthony, at, at the Pizza Taco. I retweet a lot of things. I yell <laughs> all the time. I'm Loud on the internet and loud in real life. That's my motto. <laughs> we stand a consistent <laughs> superhero fan. <laughs> yes. Uh, that That's who I am. And uh, with that, take it away, outro. Do that. 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 Do that.